Hey, what's going on? Nothing. Just another day. Trying. Nothing at all? Well, you know, that's always just more of a figure <laughs> of speech. I find it funny that um, it seems to happen almost every time I get a haircut, which is, I don't know, what's a man's average haircut time, you think? Four weeks? Can't can't ask me because I go forever. Probably four weeks. Uh, it's probably because part of it I keep kind of cut short, so I'd, I've got to go maybe a little more frequently. But I'll be getting the cut. And same lady that cuts my entire family and has for years, she'll get a call. Um, pretty busy place, so she's often to get a call on her business or the cell phone. And she always gets asked. I can tell by the response, what are you doing? And I'm thinking, have you all ever called her in the middle of the day? And she say something like, oh, I'm making biscuits. Or a ride, riding. <laughs> she did tell them one time riding a bicycle. <laughs> yeah yellow what's up not much yeah same old same old wonder why we have those little things we say i don't i don't know if it's what are they called courtesies or there's got to be a word for that some sort of uh social nuance but i'm not really sure what the proper word for that is it's filling in space that's what i'm doing it's filling in space waiting on an eight and a half pound Boston butt. Got it on the Weber Smoky Mountain out near the birdhouse as I wait for our, uh, what's the word you call them? Starts with an A. It's like aviator, avian, maybe. Aviary. Waiting for, yeah, waiting for those friends to, uh, show up. Have I told you about the new one? The new bird? You have not. So, <clears throat> I'm not into birds or anything. Everyone's going to think. That's like a hobby. It is not a hobby of mine. They just haunt me. So I don't know if I've mentioned I have a pair of cardinals that have taken up residence in one of my weeping mulberry bushes, which are trees, kind of. But anyway, there's one that's been every morning. It's the female um, trying to. I, I thought for a while she was trying to get in the house. So we have glass doors um, on the back porch, and I just heard a thump thump kept hearing it kept hearing it i went and looked and it was that female cardinal just like it was like she's trying to bust the glass to get through in the house and for it's been going on for about a month now and my wife saw it and i was like i don't know and we were even talking yesterday i was like i wonder why where it learned like why does it want in the house and i was like i wonder where it learned it could get in the house i was like maybe somebody left the door open and it flew in and um found food or something was eating. And I thought all of that until yesterday afternoon. I had, I guess what you'd call an epiphany. I was out near its nest in the backyard and I heard it, heard a noise like, like a thumping against the window, but it wasn't my window. I looked over at my neighbor's house, which on that side, um, they're only about, I don't know, 20 feet away from the property line. And I saw that same bird doing the same thing, trying to get into a bathroom window in their house. Hmm. And all of a sudden I was like, huh, didn't think nothing of it for a few minutes. And I thought, you know what? I bet, I bet they're not trying to get in. I bet she just sees her reflection and she's attacking it. Thinking it's another female Robin or um, Cardinal. I have not Googled or researched to see if they fight each other, but I'll be willing to bet that's what it is. She sees herself in the reflection and is just kind of attacking it, thinking it's another Cardinal. I wonder if it's the reflection that she's being defensive toward, or does she see the, um, well, I don't know for lack of proper words here, lack of opacity, meaning like it's not brick or siding. Maybe this is an entrance. I don't know. We're, we're, 
Well, that's what I was saying at first right. was I thought she was trying to get in. But, I mean, I mean, she would do it for hours. Surely they'd figure it out after a couple. And to do it on two different houses. Well, okay, so the, I should throw this in there as well. The bathroom window is opaque. Mm-hmm. Sort of like you can't see through it, so you couldn't see in their bathroom, right. but it still is smooth, so she could still see her reflection in it. So that's what made me think that it, she was seeing her reflection, kind of like a little, like a dumb little dog that sees a reflection in a mirror and tries to attack it constantly. That's what I think she was doing. Maybe she's just killing time waiting on her grocery delivery. That would be the isn't, isn't the man out gathering the worms? Are they nesting at this point? Uh, I think so. Yeah. She wasn't on the nest. Hey, there's the dove. Hey, back. hey you, you, we need a name for her. It's the mascot. We do. I have to come up with the name this week. Can't be Rock City. She refuses the Rock City. Maybe that's just out of. Maybe she smells the Boston butt as I sit here and wait for it. Mm, smells mm, good. That'd be interesting. I can smell it on my shirt. I don't. I don't know if a cardinal. Well, I guess they are carnivores in the sense that they uh, they're going to eat worms and grubs, grasshoppers. Yeah, I think most birds. I don't know do. that they would pick apart a barbecued pig if you let them, but they might. I would. Hmm. I don't know what doves eat either. Grain. Corn. Hmm. Not that I would know. I love sitting around waiting for barbecue. It's the best. Sometimes it passes slowly, sometimes it passes fast. But at any time, it's a good passage of time. Hmm. There's a giant pie that I would like to slice into pieces and uh, pass around the buffet here with time. And looking at time, how many different ways do you think of that? Just the term itself before we go into the stream of what uh, could be the concept of time. I mean, it's figures of speech, like, have you got the time? Meaning, like, what right. time is it? And then there's also, have you got the time? Meaning you're asking something. To do exactly. something. Yeah. So it's a word that does not have, you know, I always like to think of explaining things. How would a foreigner or even further off, how would an alien respond? Let's just say they could hear our language and understand all the things we mean because we have so many weird colloquialisms and slang and multi-uses of one word. It's got to be confusing to people. It's such a general word for such a broad um, topic. I would say I have, there's at least four or five different, when I think of time, there's four or five different things that I could, to use one of your words, pigeonhole it into. I think of it as um, a measurement from here to there, like how long it may take to do something. Um, I think of time as just the passage of time or like measuring it on a clock. Mm And then you think, I think of space time, which is something that it would take seven. You could probably do just a podcast and that's all your topic is, is talking about space time, which is different. And you could also get into the perception of time versus space time. But the one that most comes to mind other than, you know, watching the clock when you're at work or uh, got, got something to do to be on time, to be there when you're supposed to be, is just your perception of time, like. Uh, right. I think that's the most relatable thing. And, and that's kind of what, you know, hit me at some point in time in a day where I was maybe waiting on something or planning out my day is a big thing I do. I don't always execute it like I plan it out and I don't necessarily do it every day. 
But that is sort of in my DNA to do that. Like I want to plot, whether it's a day off, a day here, a day there, uh, at work in the in each hour or within the whole shift itself, I will kind of divvy up things as far as from, from here to there speaking mm-hmm. in, in time. And I, it got me to thinking of the idea of what is it and the basic elemental parts of it. And it would, it really affords us a lot of organization because without it, I, I mean, it would be very difficult. If you think about everything you do and through the course of a day in your life, Time is relative to so many things. And I don't mean just how you schedule your day, but the idea of how old you are, you know, when things did happen, when they're going to happen, all that exists on some sort of continuum that's not just something abstract. And I don't know um, if we really want to you can belabor this point, we could get into the idea of, you know, the different calendars and when those get, were invented by which society, but that just is less interesting. I don't know. I don't know a lot about that. I mean, that's more of, you know, that's more of a, well, I don't know the word, but that's more of a book study type, just bland facts. What I think is neat with time, other than space time and time dilation and, you know, all that stuff that I've totally melted your face with on the phone before, um, is how your perception of time changes Based like based on what you're doing or your mood or someone else's mood or um, when you need when you need more time when you need time you never have enough and when you are waiting for time to expire it's like you have an infinite amount. There's clearly a difference of yeah. things that's happening there. The cl- and we'll have to agree on this: the clock is still moving at the same rate despite those feelings, right? So. Right. Yes, we're talking about we're all moving. At the, we're not going to get into um, traveling near a black hole right. or at the speed of any of that kind of stuff. The this perception is, of we're time. We're sitting in the room. Yes, like, well, that still has something to do with that. But yes, you, the time is, doesn't change. It is a standard as far as for this discussion goes. It's our perception or our, our mind that makes it seem one way or the other. That's what I'm talking about anyway. I, and I, as far as I have encountered in life, we always like to seems like we do anyway, reflect back on our childhood or other years of our life. And I, I like to always can look at myself compared to the populace, uh, at least the people around me, the peers, coworkers, you, whoever this is. And this seems to be universal. The idea that the perception of it is different based on certain criteria that seems to be pretty common. If you're doing things that are more laborious or less fun or less and it's not necessarily less fun because we can get into how time gets away from me at work. But there's some factors that go into the perception of how fast or how slow it moves. And I'm just curious if, you know, yours stack up to mine or, or a little bit different in that. Would you agree that that's similar so far? I'm betting that they're going to be identical okay. as far as the things that affect our perception. I'm thinking they're going to be similar. Um, if they are, um, I hate to use the word or the phrase, all things equal. It, it's going to take, they're go, so it'll take a definition of what you're doing versus its relativity to your life. So we can't say, for instance, okay, you're going to play a game of chess and I'm going to play a game of chess and then we're going to see against the computer and we're going to see um, 
how long we thought that game of chess right. lasted. Now, if we both had the exact same experience with playing chess, it should be the same. But if I've played a lot of chess, which I've played a little, I mean, I'm familiar with it. I wouldn't have to learn the game. Um, and then let's say you, I don't know if you have or not. We've never even talked about it, I don't think. Um, have never played chess, so you're going to have to learn how to play chess, um, put more time into it. You're going to have to <laughs> think about it more. It's it's going to seem like you put, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's you're, literally that's think, where that phrase comes from because you're, you're exactly congruent to my hypothesis. I I think you will feel like you have um, the time will go by faster for you because you're learning a new subject if you know you you haven't played it before whereas i will probably be more accurate on how long i think time how or how much time has passed and you can interchange it with anything like i think if we if we were both or if i was to go mow a one acre lot that i have never mowed before and mowed a one acre lot that i have mowed a thousand times i would think it would take a lot longer than mow the one that I've mowed a thousand times. Whereas the new one, um, all things being equal, you know, it didn't take me longer to walk up a hill or blah, 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 blah. Let's just go ahead and say all things equal. It would seem like learning the new yard or land or whatever to mow um, didn't take as long. Really? Yes, because you're, I would think that you are, your your mind is uh, kind of... Active? Yeah, it's more active. You're taking things in more, so you're not noticing the passage of time as much. So you would doing something new. I don't think you would notice the pa- the time would pass faster to you um, because you're not you're not like sitting there dreading it, and it's a new input. So you're not sitting there noticing the amount of time. Just like I think th- and I could apply it to a thousand different things. Like if you if you have. Uh, well, I mean, I guess there's two ways to, to look at that too. I was going to say if you have driven a, if you've driven away to somewhere a million times, um, it may seem like it takes longer. Whereas if you take a new way, it's more interesting and doesn't seem to take as long. Although both ways, when you're driving, took the same amount. Of time. Well, I love this because this is where we think we're going to be locked up and and not. For me. It seems that if I'm learning something new, whether it be the new yard to mow or the new way to drive, it will feel longer to me because I'm having to re sort of relearn the path, if you will, the roadside. All of it's going to be brand new and I'm going to be laying down new tracks, as they say, and new memories versus the same old way that I've always gone from here to there. I will feel sort of a time travel because I'm not laying down tracks. I'm not perceiving any of those. It's just happening. And I end up where I destination, but I don't recall the entire trip because there's nothing new. There's nothing outstanding about it. Fun or not fun. And in terms of, I wanted to tease that out of it just for a second, the new path versus the old path. I find that the new path seems to perceive to be longer in time versus the old. Now you think maybe the interest in that I changes bet for you? Would, because you used that a couple of times talking about where it'd be fun to learn a new pattern or whatever. And that's two different factors, I think. Well, I think though you're I think there's another um variable that's getting thrown into there. While you're taking the same old trip to wherever or wherever you're going, you are probably thinking about something else, like to entertain your mind so that you don't perceive the passage of time. Like if if it was I think if it was uncomfortable, like 
I don't know, were you like if you were mowing a hot on a hot day or a cold day, whatever one you don't like, and you weren't thinking of other things or listening to music, doing the same old thing over and over again, I think would feel like it takes a lot longer to do than learning something new. As and and in the second of doing it, um, it may feel like you're doing, but after a time has an hour has passed and thing goes ding, let's say a, a bell rang after an hour, I think that perception of doing something repetitive or something that you've done a million times um, would be, it would take longer to get to that hour than when you're learning something new. Kind of like when I, when I was studying in school, I would be sitting there reading, trying to learn, you know, doing homework and look up during, you know, hour and a half had passed. And it's like, golly, I need to get to this next chapter and yada, yada, yada. Um, or like if you're taking a test, you know, and you, you know, you only have so much time to to, to um, get through these problems you're going through and you look up and you're almost out of time. You're like, dang. Whereas um, if it was something that you have done a million times and you weren't, you know, just flying through it, I think you'd get it done a lot faster and you'd be like, hey, I'm done. And then you look up and, oh God, I got 30 more minutes to kill. Like if you had to write your name a hundred times, you know, or if you had to write your name, I say just for mm-hmm. an hour, just write your name over and over and over and over again for an hour. But, and then for another hour, you would have to just write a story, come up with a story and write it down or, you know, just make up sentences or write the alphabet or do something that required you to think it would, I think the hour would get there perceptionally faster than if you were just sitting there writing the same thing over and over and over again. I'm here. Like working in a factory versus working, I don't know. Where you're having to think. Doing something and, where you interact and not with have people. To, you know, everything's different. Um, interesting. What I'm hearing between us both is, something different than what I found in some of the reading. Some of it's the same, some of it's different. And I think the learning, not learning is a factor and your entertainment value for a terrible way to put that is also another factor because if you're, if you're bored with it, you would say that it takes something is perceived to be longer, right? Yes. Also, there's something that's counterintuitive to how I'm explaining it to what I mean. Like, when time seems to slow down, like say it's hard to put to words. They you always hear it in sports, like the game slowed down for and this slowed down for you. In that moment, I guess it seems like you know time is going slower. But I think over a, a period of time, when you're doing things like that, when you're not paying attention to time, like when they say you know a watched pot never right. boils it seems to go by faster. Like you're engaged in something else. So you're not really worried about the time on the clock. Um, just like the fourth quarter in football, if it's close, always seems to go by way faster than the first one. Um, you know, if, if you're, if you Correct. have a lead, <laughs> well, maybe even if you don't have the lead, cause you're thinking, man, we're running out of time. We're running out of time. we got to make something happen. Yeah. We got to get there. Got to get there. It does seem the opposite in basketball, but that's cause they stopped the clock. Yes. Yeah, time. Time every year. It's it's funny being a sports fan. You think I would have it figured out by now within myself, and that is you go from football season to basketball season, and think, oh man, it's almost over. There's two minutes. (laughs) Not so fast. Not not definitely in college basketball. Two minutes can multiply that by about. It can be stretched out. I have found. Well, and if you're in a bad mood and a good mood, I think that's the big thing. Is mood affects it as well. If you're in a good mood, time seems to go by faster. And if you're not in a good mood or not enjoying yourself or whatever you're doing, it seems to go by slower. Just like anything um, you don't want to be doing it, it's going to seem like it's worse than it is. Just like memory in general, you when you're in a stressful memory, you see a stressful situation, you seem to remember a whole lot more about that than something that's just 
tedious and you do every day constantly. Whether it's good or bad, if it's a, a drilling rush, I think you learn more about that or you remember more about that than something that's just, that's why you don't remember every activity you've ever done, but you remember that time your car pulled out in front of you or that dude rear-ended you or, I don't know, that tiger jumped out of the circus bus in front of you and you had to run the, from it. The neck... And that makes the sense negative impacts have definitely been recorded as having uh, more profound memories, more detailed, and to the point that it has been debated in some that it almost gives them too much weight. And we've even talked about this before as to the why that is. And it's just like you're saying with the tiger comparison, if this were in a uh, pre- previous primitive time, Learn the things we learn and, re- and or remember, if you want to call it that, are the things that, to keep us alive. and Maybe the day that you stumbled across this awesome view as you're out hiking, as pretty and as neat as that might have been, is not necessarily going to lead to you staying alive. As awesome as that was, and that day might have been great, and the view is just spectacular. But on the way home, the tiger that jumped out of the bushes at you that you somehow managed to evade, you are not going to forget that spot, where it was, what the tiger looked like, and all those things for the purpose of survival. At least that's my interpretation of it. Yeah, so... Survival and procreation is what I have ran across in the readings. It says that you tend to remember those situations more. All right, so let's look at work. Let's just kind of dissect ourselves. What are the ways that you have uh, slow or long perceptions of your job or experience on a shift of your job? Well, I, um, to to um, keep it from seeming like it lasts forever, I'll have to break things up into, you know, tasks. So you have this and that to get done. You have this and that. I'd, I break them up into, okay, I'll do this and then I do that and I'll do this and I'll do that. And it's almost like, you know, how much can you get done in that time makes the time go by fast. Like a little contest? Kind of like. With yourself? Um, sort of. Sort of. Like, can you get all this done? Like, Sometimes I'm not happy about it because sometimes it's an amount that I don't think I'm going to get done, but it definitely makes it go by faster um, if I do it that way. What do you think about that idea in general? Because there's moments that I have had, whether myself or others, and I just it seems to be a very popular, I mean, it's said a lot, the idea of making time go by or killing time, all these things. And it's really, there's only so many grains in the glass called your life. And there's been times I have thought of even myself or hearing people say, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just burning time or this, that, and the other. It's like, well, it's when you really think about, I'm taking a segment of my life and just setting it on fire. Mm -hmm. It seems a little reckless and I don't know, wishy-washy as a human. Yeah, I agree. Like every time I have to do something like that, it's like, wow, you'll never get this time back in your life. And you're just sitting here waiting for it to go away. It's like, so what are you sitting around waiting on? You know, get busy doing something else you enjoy. You only get so many of those minutes in your life. But, you know, when you're, you have to go to work, people have to make money. I mean, unless, you know, you're independently wealthy for whatever reason. There's a time travel uh, there that just, I can't imagine because without a schedule and demands and all that's called the life that I have. I don't know how those guys survive without going insane. Uh, <laughs> so never have to worry about going to work or money ever again. And I could just do, would you create I a enjoy? schedule for yourself? But, Meaning some sort of sense um, of time. Like I literally think that just that sort of richy rich life of no, you know, nothing. There's just no, there's no rolling friction at all. You have endless money. You could do or be anywhere. 
I don't know. That almost sounds like it's too open. It's just like a very open-ended question, and I don't really know what to do with that. I would have to structure it. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, I always hear people say, you know, I'd have to do this, or I'd go crazy, or I'd have to work. No, not me. I mean, I, I would stack fun. I'm not saying I wouldn't have fun. I'm not saying I would pick up a job, but I, I would have to do something with it. Otherwise, I, I would be disappointed in myself, which maybe this is a personality thing. Like, I mean, I'm not going to sit around and, and lay around and do nothing and just watch YouTube constantly. Like, I would be out doing the things like I want to do. Like, I wouldn't have to set a schedule because to me, if you set a schedule, then the time's going to go by faster. If you don't have a schedule and you don't have to worry about it, then you can just enjoy time, enjoy what you're doing. That may be too heavy with the schedule. Let's say you just hit on something perfect. I know you enjoy the YouTube videos of a variety of adventure type things, whether that's fishing, overlanding, whatever. What I hear you saying is you're just going to do those things, which means you need to plan them. And that's what I mean as a schedule. I don't mean like a day-to-day schedule, like 1130, I always have lunch or one of those things. But you would just literally plan, you know what I'm doing all of May? I'm in the outback somewhere or where yeah. we know whatever the thing, or, or I'm going right. to in August when, when it's finally warm enough in those high mountain streams, me and some friends are going to be trout fishing the entire month. And so that still falls into what I mean by schedule. Like you're, you're grouping things together and not just waking up every day without a whim because you're, you having a purpose for funds. Right. Sounds like. Yeah. I will probably have 75%, maybe 60% of going and doing things. And then the other 40 to 25% of do whatever the heck I want, whether it is a day that's raining and can't get the bikes or kayaks or four wheel drive or four wheelers or whatever out and go do, I will sit and watch other people do that. <laughs> or I will learn another language or I'll just watch reruns or, you know, put in some of my old Sopranos DVDs because, well, maybe by then I'll be able to afford the 4K that'll, that'll be out by that time and put those in and watch that or, you know, enjoy that or maybe read a book, but it's not going to be, I'm not going to be like, okay, at this time I'm going to go do this. At this time I'm going to go do that. Like tomorrow I plan on doing this. This week I plan on doing that. It's not going to be something planned every day. Like it'll be, it would, it would, for my enjoyment would be, would be, not to have a strenuous or a um, strict schedule of every day to day activity, but I would just do the things I wanted to do. Now, I would plan things in advance, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have that eleven o'clock. I'm going to the bowling alley and I will bowl for three point six hours, and then I'm going to go do this, and then I'm going to do that, and by that time, you know, whatever. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to go bowling, and when I get tired of bowling, I will do whatever I feel like doing at that point. Now, some days, obviously, you couldn't do that. You'd have to. You know, like you couldn't go on an overlanding trip just on the whim unless you want to end up dead or anything that was, you know, in the wilderness. You have to know the trail, know how long it takes you to get from here to there. Um, so more time stuff um, on average, you know, you have to plan that out and then execute it and have a backup plan. Like when I went out west with a with my buddy, we drove from uh middle of Tennessee to Montana and we hit all the. um uh tourist attractions in between all the things that you know you want to see and we had a tentative schedule we you know we had so many days to get there and back um for his business um we had a schedule and then we had a backup plan we said okay we have this many hours to get from here to here we can spend them you know stopping and eating at mcdonald's or we can take a cooler and we can spend them stop and looking at devil's tower or right you know whatever 
we just decided, you know, and some days, you know, we got tired of eating the sandwiches. So we did stop and eat at a restaurant or something like that. But it, it was nice because it was a vacation and it wasn't about having to get checked, check things off the list. It was just about enjoying at our time. At the same together. time, I feel like I know you well enough to know this. Have you ever been on a trip or a vacation with people that are not similar to what you just said? And, and to illustrate it for you, I'm going to say that they, they don't have set routines and schedules and itineraries what i fear when i'm in these moments is that i am missing out on something because we have no direction i guess is the way i'd put that about anything it's like a, a rudderless right. yeah, that's awful as well boat just yes, flopping it yes it and i guess that's kind of what right what do you want to do well, i don't know what do you want to do what do you want to do i don't know what do you want to do where you want to go i don't know where you want to go let's go here well, i don't like shrimp right. you know well <sighs> Yeah, I do like having some. And that's more of what I meant. I didn't mean that I would have a, you know, a set. Yeah, I wouldn't have a itinerary. itinerary. I would have, I guess, there's just not a good way to say it. Because I would have one, meaning like if I were fortunate enough to be that person and I knew that August was just going to be it for these high elevation trout streams, I'm going to tell you, hey, book, <laughs> schedule your time off in August because we're going to go trout fishing for the whole month or however long you can get away from work. So I would have... It's just I don't want I don't want to budget the minutes as much as I want to do the days. Maybe that's a little better way. So if you were caught in a rudderless group of people, would it seem like the day never ended and you would sit there and be infuriated because you know you're wasting that time that seems to never end? You could be out doing this or that because I would be that way. I would be like, I only have six days here and whatever we're at in. This one's about halfway over, and everybody's still in their pajamas watching America's Funnest it, Home Videos on YouTube. Like it, we could have done this. It just at depends home because there are places I've been on vacation that I've been to. I don't want to say hundreds of times. That sounds too much, but um, there there are certain locales I've been to on the beach countless countless times in my life sometimes multiple times a year so it's almost like a home away from home so even when i'm there with family it it would never be there's never an agenda other than make that's what i'm saying that's like, different right, yeah, right. Like so in home, in yeah. some sense i don't want that kind of trip to be like the one where you're on the road because being there literally was more it <laughs> was more like time. um Kind of what you want on an off day. You may not want on an off week, but you want on an off day, which I think, and this is going to lead into the question I had, thinking about you describing that time you spent, is do you enjoy a rudderless day? Sometimes. From time to time, vacation, I enjoy it very much. That's a specific purpose but, in a specific place, maybe. But I'm um, talking about just in, in your everyday life. I, I think it's useful to have those days. Now things may crop up in that day, and that's what I enjoy is I like having a day where I got no plans because I got plans all these other days. But on this day, if something happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. I might even discover something new because sometimes without the pressures of all these things, new things just end up in my lap. Now, that's no way to live, in my opinion, because you will squander so much time. And I do not yeah. do that on a regular. But I, I think it's good every now and then to just kind of let things you know, just let the smoke clear and kind of look around and see what's on the battlefield. That's I'm surprised to hear you say that a little bit because I kind of figured you never had days like that. I felt like you, at least the way you've said things to me before, you always had to be doing something or I don't, you felt like a waste. 
If you keep hearing something in the background, um, I got the four-legger in here again. He's still nursing a wound. He's still healing up, and he is wanting to tear at that bandage. I'm having to constantly stay at him, or he will tear it off and eat it, which is gross. But it, it's definitely not do. a norm that I would want to do that on a regular every month or whatever. But every so often, with no regularity to it, there's time. It's just good to, you know binge something on youtube or listen to some music as you go for a walk or whatever that is without any too much frame structure now i can't do that too much because it starts gnawing at me and i feel like you like you're getting to i need to quote get something done but every now and then it's good to let a little bit of just you know kind of let the steam blow off the kettle and then we'll hit reset and we'll go through everything all again but i couldn't i couldn't do it for long periods of time yeah i I have to have at least one or two of those days um, every other week, or I would lose my mind. I would uh, can't just be constant because having a schedule and having to be somewhere or something that's expected of you um, w- too much is 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 um is just too. It, it you have to have reset time, and if I didn't have those reset times, I would go insane. It would be the it would, I would be the opposite. So. When you're in one of those groups that you're talking about, do you find that most of the time I find that if I don't take over and become the leader willingly or unwillingly, it will just go around in a circle until Maelstrom sucks you down and you become another artifact for someone to find on the bottom of the seafloor. Do you have to find that you have to take over most of the time? I don't because there's certain members of my usual party that will step up before I have to, but uh, I can understand in your situation. If that, if no one else is, someone has to, which is what you're getting to. Otherwise right. it just flounder, <laughs> flounders forever. Mm, I can't I only have so much time where I, or so much patience where I can put up with rudderlessness until uh, I lose my mind. I don't know. Maybe because I'm irritated. My perception is, you know, it feels like it's longer than it is. It may only be a few minutes, but if I ask a question and where nothing's been solved and I really want to know it, the more I want to know something that I'm not getting an answer, the longer that time seems to take. So I usually don't have enough patience to wait until someone else will step forward. And I usually have to take the plunge. Look, okay, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. If you want to go, let's go. If you don't go sit in the lounge chair. That's usually our uh, solution is this is most often a back and forth between me and the wife and she's going to be the answer one maybe as you are in that and I'm just part of the sounding board and just say hey if you don't want to be part of that or if it's not looking like the way you want just say hey we've got other plans and we're going to do this this and this and this is when we're going to do them you're more than welcome to join us or we'll convene later and both have happened. Sometimes uh, they join up and sometimes they don't. And that really takes a special group of people to be able to absorb those bumps and not get too uh, sidetracked and feelings hurt. I think that's why my group of people from back in the day, I mean, we've all kind of on our separate ways now. We still keep in touch. I think that's one of the things we all enjoyed about each other was we just, those of us went with the flow. We did what we wanted to do and everybody just kind of went with it and, there weren't many people that complain because, you know, when you get those people in there who won't take the lead, but then they complain about everything else that happened. Those are the worst. Like, I don't want them around me. I don't want them existing. Or at least I don't want to know that they exist. Like, well, if you want to do something else, why didn't you, why didn't you say so? Ugh. Even if I did for that reason that you just illustrated, I just won't do it. 
kind of goes back to our anger episode about expressing or not expressing your feelings. I more than don't like that situation, really don't want to appear like that person to you. So I would be more apt to go along with something else organized right, out of yeah. the rudderlessness than even yeah. my own. Because a lot of times these rudderless moments are like, well, do this versus that. And one group wants to do one thing, one another. Not usually one wants to do nothing. Um, that may be where, it's, where you're at because it's just a lack of motivation or organization on parts of people. I don't know. But you get to that sort of crossroads where it's like, all right, we're either going to do this or that. And doing nothing is not an option. When you're speaking of anger, when you're angry, do you, have you ever noticed time seeming to pass faster or slower? I haven't. I've never even thought about it. So I think it's another one of those things where you're focusing on something so you're not noticing the passage of time. So I bet it would seem to go by faster. I'm not know. When you notice something's taking a long time, I consider that, you know, if you're not noticing it, then it must be passing fine. So when I'm mad, I've never noticed it. Have you? I think. Um, I'm not talking about being annoyed or right. not feeling well. That's I'm talking about being like angry. Like I've never. I think my anger also transposes into the total not enjoyment of the moment, which then goes into this kind of this other vein of whether you're having fun or not and how that perception of time is related, that it's the opposite of fun. So time is going to feel like it is creeping by that I can't get out of this angry moment, situation, place or set of circumstances. So to me, it would make things more slow. Right. So you, it would be enough to get you into the, you did the kind of like, like when I don't feel well, I feel like time is running slow, <laughs> like a snail, especially when if you're sick and at home, like at the flu or something and you're in bed. Oh gosh, look over and it's one thirty, and you look over and it's one thirty-one, and you feel like it should be five o'clock. You're having when difficulty you're nauseous, sleeping. Good gosh. Talking about time, have you ever had any difficulty sleeping or you sleep pretty well? Um, rarely do I have trouble now. When I was a kid, um, I had trouble going to sleep at night. And I, I, w- I would stay, lay there and just stare at the clock. And then, you know, or I would lay there and I'd roll over and it'd be, I'd say, 1130 and I'd roll back over. And it would seem like a matter of two seconds and it'd be 530 in the morning. I'd be like, uh, what? Like, you know, almost like a episode of Star Trek where they were getting abducted. Like they lay down and all of a sudden it was time to get up again. Like that's, right. I had, I experienced stuff like that as a kid. Now I don't so much because I have more of a, I go to bed Routine. when I'm tired and I get up when I'm, when it's time to get up. I, I just thought it would be, it's worth noting in the discussion of time that sleep is probably the first thing as a young person and or being busy that you notice the, uh, being able to cross time more efficiently, at least going back to it's your perception thereof. Because as a child, when you're kind of first figuring out how the world works and physics and all the, in, in terms of your kid's sense, um, and I'm, I've relived this not too long ago, uh, as I've mentioned before, I have two kids, a 12 and 8-year-old, and we were on a trip somewhere, and the older one was saying to the 8-year-old, hey, it's all right, just just find a way to go to sleep. It makes time go by so much faster. And I'm like, huh, they've already got that kind of figured out. And it just, I thought about that as we've been kind of, you know, conversating and discussing this about time and his passage. 
That is one way to make it go by. And when you said that about being sick, that reminds me. One of the things I want to do when I'm sick and it's just a matter of time getting over something like the flu or something is I just want to sleep through it all. I mean, because existing is painful or nauseating or, you know, if it's a stomach bug and if I can just block a big chunk of time sleeping, it's almost like I didn't experience the sickness as much. Oh, yeah, for sure. But oftentimes when I don't feel well, I can't sleep either. So that like is, a double that is horrid. Yeah. And I, I know with this uh, current medical crisis that's literally all over the country, there is a uh, work colleague of mine from another state who has experienced it. And that was uh, what I got back from a common friend is that he felt so bad it was painful to sleep. And that just mm-hmm. rem- yeah, it's the the flu or anything similar to that, especially when you have one of the more severe cases of it is just awful. It's yep. just there's no way through it. And I would imagine in that negative perception of what you're going through, time is just going by so slow. You set off some alarms when you're talking about your kids. Um, as you know, it is a touchy subject with me, what I'm about to talk about. And it like kids nowadays, when you go on a trip or when you go to dinner or, and I don't know if we've talked about this before or not on the, on the show, but they always have a tablet in their hand. And I mean, mm-hmm. I see it at restaurants. They've got tablets in there. Like they have rarely, and everyone does it. So I don't know what's going to happen. But everywhere you go, the kids aren't just sitting there having to be patient. And I wonder how that's going to affect people's ability down the road to perceive time. And because sometimes you just have to sit and wait things out and learn to be patient. And, by, and, and that teaches so much other things in life. I think we could be going down a road. If things are going to change. We're going to see where it goes. Um, but I wonder how, if they're going to even, if people are going to be able to be able to um, experience time, like when it seems to drag on, like when they have to sit and wait for their dry cleaning to be done or wait in line at a store. Like I think people are going to start losing their minds if they don't have something to occupy every second of their life to make the time go by faster. Like I remember just sitting in the back of the car going on road trips. I mean, we did have Game Boys and stuff like that. I mean, I'd just look out the window and just see things on the side of the road, and I would wonder, hey, what's that? wonder why that does that. And I, don't, I just learned so much about the world not totally being engaged on a tablet or a device and learned so many things by having to find ways to pass the time, I guess, naturally rather than with an electronic pad in my hand. I just wonder if people are going to be able to sit and be able to figure out how to do that when they don't have that in front of them. I think it's going 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 to be be increasingly difficult because not only are the young children always on a device, but everybody is. Now, the die die is cast for you and I, we're, you know, midlife, so to speak. And so where we're going is not because we haven't been, quote, raised with it necessarily, um, but we are definitely with it now. And I imagine when you get your oil changed or some some kind of service you're not going to do yourself or any place where you're in a waiting room is often enough, probably your phone is what you're occupying your time with. Yeah, I don't, and I don't see anything wrong with that. No, no, no. But but I know people who... I mean, I know plenty of adults who are, you know, our age or in between who can't, who enjoy, like enjoy football, we'll say, coming over and watching mm, the games on Saturday. Going. And I instead like of sitting and watching the game, they're on their phone, but they're there to watch the game, but they're on their phone doing something else. Or in the worst, it's people who can't even drive and not be on their phone. Like I know oh, somebody who is driving and then has to look down at their phone because they're bored of driving. I'm like, you're, but you're driving, dude. Like. Wow. Put that down. Like you don't need to be looking up 
Cardi B or whatever your idiotic thing you're looking at. I mean, you, you can't, you can't even stomach passage of time while you're driving. That's not enough for you. Like it, it drives me wild. You know, it, it sets me off. We're going to have to move on to something else. So that's all we're going to talk about for the next two hours. <laughs> the, the passing of time kind of, we talked about this earlier. It's, it's sad. And it, to me, it's helpful to have these little moments of conversation and reflection about you're talking about your life. What is it yeah. you're jamming in it? And I don't want to get into, we've even said this before and before again, I'm sure, screen time, screen time, screen time, or podcast, or music, or, you know, books were a way that people did this for years. So the, the screen is not, it's the brand new devil that just crawled up out of the ground. There's always been a way to occupy your mind. Yeah, at, I think at screen least is worse, starting. Though. I'm not arguing that. It's not. But I'm just saying, I know people that have you know, just blew through moments of their life, at least from my side, viewing it, that reading, 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 reading. And there's nothing wrong with reading. But at the same time, are you looking around at life? I mean, there are people who, same thing you're talking about in the car, they'll kill mm-hmm. a whole trip by living through Harry Potter or pick your favorite novel. Right, right. And I, it would be interesting if you could kind of pull a study of the young people from maybe the 70s and 80s that also grew up being one i couldn't read in the car made me sick and two yeah, i'm such too. a slow reader it, it it would just make me want to set the book on fire i love reading <laughs> because i love learning I make something your trip new. last about an hour instead of seven hours <laughs> right but i it just was not something physiologically possible and I, I don't know why some people are that way and some aren't but nevertheless some you know my daughter for example she can't do but so much screen time in a vehicle because she's going to barf right i'll probably be the same countless way. countless vacations to the point that when she was up to maybe six or seven we would get to one of the common destinations and she would be so proud of herself for making it mama we're almost there and i haven't barfed and i'm like i i i because there was a time, like two or three times before that, we were 30 minutes from the destination of a seven-hour <laughs> drive spew. And I'm like, oh, just never count your chickens before they hatch because <laughs> you never know when you're going to spew. Yeah, for sure. I think listening to a book or a podcast or something, and this is a different subject from what we're talking about today, but I think that is different than – because when you're looking at a screen, you're almost 100% oh, involved you're distracted. in that. Like, yeah. Totally. Like you're, you're not you're not really paying attention to anything else. Like I can still drive down the road and be listening to a podcast and really be into it or a radio show or whatever, a book, and still be looking at the road and being like, Hey, I've never noticed that tree there before. I wonder what kind of tree that even is. The flowers look weird, or there's an old gas station. I never noticed that antique shop, you know, or you know, I wonder where if I go this way next time. Like I can still think other things and still be engaged. Whereas if I'm watching a show, like that's what I'm in. Like that's all I'm really paying attention to, like I'm not really paying attention to much else. And I don't know if that's some kind of learned thing because uh, when I'd watch a show, when all my cousins were around, you know, staying at my grandparents back in the day, running and screaming around and blah, 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 I would just block them out and watch that show. But either way, I think it's different from listening to a book. What about, um, do your, do you notice a difference in your kid's ability to perceive time or put up with dead time different from yours? Their perception of time is definitely different, but not any different than I would roundabout have a memory of of me at around their age. Kind of a wordy way to say, and some of the reading I found this true, children experience time different than adults. 
Um, I, that was true for me. I think that's true as I see and talk to and listen to my kids. You know, I've even talked about this. Would you agree yeah. that as a child, a year, for example, takes forever to roll around, but mm-hmm. not so much in your forties? Yeah, yeah, I think. Why so. do you think the reason that is? I got. Um, I don't want to say my opinion because I've read too much into it. So I'll, I'll just credit the neuroscientists on this. But why do you think that is? Well, I think it's because it kind of goes with what I was saying earlier, though. The outcome is the opposite because it's new. And when you're young, almost everything's new. Every perception right. is new. And you're so you're dedicating more time to it. But it's constant. Like you're always getting new inputs. It's something something new. So your brain is dedicating more RAM or something or whatever you want to call it to experience in that. So over, and when it's nonstop like that, which is different from like, you know, an hour of mowing the yard, like you're just, it just seems like it takes forever. Whereas as you get older, you live more of a, a life, a life of monotony and just tedious tasks. And, uh, it's something you've done before. So you're not having to put as much thought into it. Um, and it's just something you're used to. It's repetition. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a schedule. And, or, you know, it's it's something you've done a million times, and so you're not having to put as much thought into it. So maybe you can think about something else, and that, that makes it seem like it doesn't last as long. And it could be also all that you've ever experienced, you know, time is a lot smaller when you're younger. So it's all you know, whereas when you're 10, you know, you've experienced twice as much time as when you were 5. And then when you're, you know, 20, it's twice as much as 10, and so on and so forth, experiencing all that um it's not as big of a percentage of your life. Um, right. Just like, you know, like I was thinking the other day at work, you know, I have, I've done so many years so far already and I've got to do this many, like I've got this many left until retirement, hopefully. And I was like, well, you know, I've already done this many. I just got to do that two more times and then we'll be retired. Right. It's like, wow. Or thinking, wow, I only have the ability to do this two more times. I'm like, what all do I want to accomplish? in that time that's left, you know, only have the ability to do this two more times before, you know, old time, uh, sets in. I think it's the same. What I was reading is the same, like your perception of time with smaller animals and creatures. Have that's a an interesting metabolism. one I was going to get into as well. Yeah. And I wonder small. if that has something to do with, with it as well. Like children maybe have faster metabolisms. And so therefore it's kind of like, a fly or, or, a, you know, like a squirrel or something mm-hmm. versus a, a, a elephant or a dinosaur, you know, that thing seems to be faster and faster and, to the big animals and smaller to the slow. Right. Right. Like that's why a fly can dodge your fly swatter. Right. It seems to be going in slow motion compared to how fast they live their life. Burn and die. <laughs> from, from what I had uh, gathered there in terms of the childhood and as we age, as you lay down new memories and or learning new information, and this is not necessarily a lot different than what you were saying, that takes a certain amount of brain energy, which then creates that perception of time in a more stretched sense or a longer sense versus going through a year as a 40-year-old. Unless you are in a different, an entirely different environment, you're not in, but usually by the time you're 40, you're in the same career or a similar career, or the house or the family, everything. It's just another day stacks onto itself. And as a child, each year is a different year. For one, you're a different size, which is another mm-hmm. thing I really thought about. You're in a different kind of, class and you're in a different. Right, you're, yeah. you're eight years old now, but you're not walking necessarily. Walking differently than you were. Right. Like, you're a different height. So maybe if different. we continued to grow until we died, this would also be different. But I think it in the brain part, and it talks about 
in these articles by the neuroscientists. Um, but the particular one I wanted to quote was uh, his last name was Eagleman. I can't, I'll get his first name right here in a minute. David Eagleman. He talks about the same thing. And it's that more information that you have to put down, like this is what a day looks like. This is what school looks like. And, oh, this is the third grade. All those things are, t- are taking so many resources that it makes their quote day feel much longer than ours in the world that we existed in at the exact same time of them going to work or whether we stay at home because we've done all those things multiple times before. So and we're not, we're laying down the old tracks. Right. And I think like why it seems counterintuitive to what I was saying earlier versus, you know, mowing the yard, we find ways to divide up that time because of our experience. We know we've got a 10 hour shift. We've got to work. So we have found ways to, divide that time up and make it seem like it didn't last 10 hours. Whereas someone who hasn't done it before, um, doesn't have experience to know how to do that. Wouldn't right. be able to. So they would just be going, Oh my God, when does this shift over? Or when can right. I leave? Or I remember my dad telling me when I was a kid, an hour or two from now, we'll do it an hour. I remember thinking an hour. What? Like that was an eternity. But now like an hour, I'm like, God, I don't know if that's enough time. Like, right. Aaron's going to call. We're going to do a podcast in an hour. Mm, I don't know if I have enough time. And I try to find ways I've thought about this through my kids entire lifetime. Like I knew those days would come from, from baby to walking and talking. There was going to be the idea that I'm going to have to talk about something's going to be in an hour. So as that time finally came, I thought how best in the world to relate this to them. And sadly a screen because a lot of TV shows are half an hour. Some of them are an hour. And that was just my way of explaining things. Now, if we got too far beyond that, you could tell like the eyes glazed over. Like a seven-hour trip is hard to explain. All right, you know that uh, show you like that's like an hour long? Yeah. All right, you're going to be able to watch seven of those about the time it takes (laughs) us to get from here to there. Well, somewhere in the middle of that, they kind of glazed me over. But in the medium and short trips, that's processed and understood. At least it seemed to be for the most part. Right. I think it's good for them, though, to sit there and have to look out the window and experience the the slow, painful passage of time, like I was saying earlier. I was also reading something somewhere, and I can't find it in the article now. Um, the patches of time. I mean, it's it's so um, interwound with so many other systems. And norepinephrine and dopamine, as simple chemicals as they are, neurotransmitters that they are, they seem to do everything. They have a control right. over everything. Those play a role in it as well. I'm trying to look for it here. That that well, makes me kind of wonder aloud as you're looking. So we know from our jobs, and a lot of people know in general, because a lot of medical knowledge is kind of public knowledge, and that is people who have different uh, mental illnesses or status or whatever have different levels of that because there's you know the drugs that we've designed to help modulate those kind of things. I wonder even amongst adults who experiences time more one way versus another just related to these neurochemicals because they're, they're related to it as you're pointing out. And I'm just curious as to how that stretches and makes longer or shortens a person's experience of time. So what it says in this, in this one long paragraph, which covers everything we just talked about, um, it says the lower dopamine levels in the aging brain could, um, have something to do with that. Uh, well, while oh, you're looking for that, I wanted to add well. one more thing that Eagleman said was that the the information in our brain, like where time, the concept of time is not like taste or smell or vision or hearing, which has like one low key in, in our brain, what we all know from anatomy and physiology, or you can look in a 
texture and in a file and see this is where the sense of taste is and the smell and all these things are located. Right. The, the sense of time is actually comes from multiple different places. So when you are in that kid's shoes and you're having to learn the, the existence of this or that or what a day is at the third grade, it's going to all these places. So your brain is one having to learn something new, but it's also having to organize itself because it's not just like one fast track to this quote, time file where it goes now as we're older and you're going through the doldrums of life and you drive the works the exact same well you're, you're not even taking that in i mean outside of that off chance where you notice the antique store that's always been there but your usual day-to-day stuff that you're like wow i got there you know between here and there and i didn't even notice it it's because that that file has been laid down a millions right. or hundreds or whatever times in your mind and it's not you, you recognize it as an organism. Your brain recognizes it as all the same old thing. So it's not devoting a bunch of resources to like, okay, there's that road and the road goes this way. No, you already have the memories that are connecting all these together. So it's like, oh, okay. And it kind of takes it easy as input goes. And so Absolutely. it's less taxing, which I think that's where you get the perception of time is how taxing the situation is. Kind of going back to work. If you have a night or day or wherever your shift is in, in your profession and you have a lot of complications besides the experiencing it in a negative way, which is that other factor we mentioned earlier, having to learn, let's say if you had new software that was given to your office or whatever, I imagine that day is going to be perceived as long by everybody because there's nothing familiar about it. That You know, sun comes up, sun goes down. But other than that, you're laying down new data all day. Well, I think it would seem like it was a long day if you're having to learn something new and still meet deadlines. Now, if you were given like, okay, you don't have to get as much done today because you're learning this, like you're not going to get as much done. Whereas most businesses, though, you still have to get your work done. You know, you have to, it's like, oh, now I've got to do this on top of that. It would seem like the day lasted forever. What I was reading here about perception of time, what you were just talking about says time cannot be directly perceived. It must be reconstructed in some way by the brain says we don't really perceive time, um, but changes in the passage of time. Um, instead, like we consider them as events in time. Right. So it's more of a change, almost like temperature. Like you don't really perceive temperature to an extent. You really only can measure temperature, the change in temperature, whether it's going up or down. And we know what temperature is because of density right. changes, but it's kind of it's always what that reminded me of when it was talking about the perception of time. In this uh, quote, I wanted to throw in there because it just backs up something you said earlier when we were into the tiger analogy. And Eagleman says that when we're in a life-threatening situation, for instance, we remember the time as longer because we record more of the experience. Life-threatening experiences make us really pay attention, but we don't gain any superhuman powers or perception. It's just literally you're soaking in every blade of grass and how the wind blows and everything. And it is amazing when uh, people get interviewed after traumatic things at the crazy detail that they have. Now, fight or flight and adrenaline can kind of make things a little mushy. So you'll get a variety of details different when you interview like multiple people on a scene of an accident. But the memory that you have yourself of being in an accident, like I can recall different ones about how loud it was and the way that things felt and everything, because like you said, all this data is just getting pulled in in a much more higher detail than it is just normal day-to-day life or a drive. Right. And it's, it's almost like, like I would say, you you think it's the time, your perception of time, like time slowed down, but it's kind of like, 
how do I put it? It's kind of like the chicken and the egg. Like which one really is affecting the other? Is it because now you're paying attention to so many details? It seems like it's longer. Like it seemed like it would take longer to remember and record all those details. And because you're remembering all those details and you have so many more details, it makes it seem like time is slowing down. Or is it you, your brain somehow makes you perceive time differently so that you can record all of those things in your mind? I don't know which one it would be. I don't um, either. But you know what I mean? Like you see how it could be one, wonder which one is really doing the other. I, I would think it would be the first, like, because you're laying down so much stuff, it would just seem like it would have taken longer because you're just not used to laying down so much memory. That's kind of the way I'm soaking it in. I don't know if that's the best way, but I'm just thinking like, um, if we think about images, like in the computer sense about, uh, you know, this many pixels or television or whatever, this many, you know, in your pixel ratio, standard definition that we all used to have in the old cathode tubes versus 4K, an accident is going to be like 4K memory. Still the same scene, kind of this right. cursory view of a spang, you know, the car's hitting all that. But when you're in it, or even if you witness it happen, it is coming in with so many little pieces of data that the files are huge. Therefore, I think that swells that time perception. It's almost like a little short circuit in our brain where more of what we're thinking and noting is like file size. But we kind of turn that into, oh, time was, like you said, slowed down or time. It took forever. It is really just more of a reflection of how big the file is, to put it in like a computer term. These things all sound um, not counterintuitive. What's the other word where they seem opposites? Because like what we're talking about in that circumstance, when there's an emergency, like with adrenaline involved, and then like when you're on a long trip, like it's the opposite. It's not exciting, but yet it seems like... It took forever. I think those are two different. Those can be put into two different categories. I, do too. I, I don't know if. I mean, this probably it probably is. There's people who are smarter than us that wrote these articles probably know exactly what I'm saying. Like, no, that is a perceiving time over a long period of time versus experience time in a short adrenaline period of time. I guess they seem like they're 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 the description is opposite, but yet I can see how they're different and how each one would make sense and why each one would make sense. Can you imagine if you were able to take in the data like in the fight or flight moment of an accident over a seven hour trip? You'd be like commander, Lieutenant commander data. It would, it would also be overwhelming because that (laughs) seven hour moment or day rather is going to feel like a week. I would think because you're taking in so much. It'd be like, can you imagine having a car? And maybe you are to a certain extent when you're a kid and you're, First, having to do that, maybe. Well, and, and and I, I can't think of anywhere else. I'm going to give myself credit for that weirdo analogy that I tossed at you about the record player. And when what first kicked this idea off was the idea of time experience in your childhood or through a child's eyes that you know now as an adult compared to you or someone older is. A year is a year in terms of measurement, but the feel of a year as a child is so much longer compared to an adult. And my analogy was the revolutions on the record player. One revolution is one revolution. Now, if you're talking about the outside of the record being like you're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, under 10-year-old versus you're getting closer to that spindle in the middle of the record, more like the end of your life, it it seems like you make that revolution pretty quick because in that case, it's obviously smaller, but it's still, quote, one revolution. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's definitely a lot like that for sure. Have you, um, did you run across something that I thought was interesting? It kind of, it kind of, um, 
talks about like the adrenaline situation, the oddball effect. Did you see that anywhere? Oh yes, I did see. Uh, like something I can't out remember of normal, it, but there you was pay the idea. More. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, oh, was that, that was the flashes of images? I, I'm glad you brought that up. So, and I don't remember who decredited the experiment. So you may have it there, but they will have subjects sit down and watch a screen, and they're flashing up images. And I want to say it was like an old brown shoe, an old brown shoe, an old brown shoe, flower, old brown shoe, old brown shoe, old brown shoe, and it was just this old brown shoe being flashed up so rapidly over and over and over and over. And then there would be a flower flashed up, and it was up for the exact same duration of time, which was milliseconds, if I remember correctly. But everybody's recount of that moment was that the flower was there longer. Much longer. Because, and this is what they call that oddball effect. Well, that makes sense. That goes along with everything it says. There was something else I read. Um, let me find it. called the Kappa effect. But I saw it defined a couple different ways. But the one that they were talking about in this description, in this article, um, related it to like a somebody playing a video game mm-hmm. and a slight delay in the mouse. Like you get used to that reaction. Time. Oh, latency. Yeah. And then when that goes away, um, it feels like something happened before you actually commanded it to like you're seeing into the future somehow. That would be wild. Oh, this is like major leaguers, uh, hitting a fastball. Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit of a stretch of that, but the, uh, they the say that that's that, humanly impossible, but yet we right. watch seasons of it. Right. <laughs> And I, I think the humanly impossible part of it is if you think about baseball and the basic elements of, and little league sense of you, see, you're the batter and you see the pitcher, he's going into his windup and you watch him release the ball and then you swing and hit that. That is not happening from my understanding from my friends of mine that are coaches at the high school level and beyond the guys that are hitting 90 miles an hour, they're not doing it just the way I said it. They're reading like the pitcher's motion and everything and getting ready to react to it. That if you waited to react to the ball, you would always be behind. Yep. It's all about that learn muscle memory of just hitting, hitting and hitting and hitting. And that's why the curveball. Exactly. That's how the curveball throws them off. Because if you can mimic your pitches enough that so that your body language looks very similar. You're going to be able to pull this off all day long to people because it's going to look like fastball. Oh, it's a curveball. And you're like, whiff, way before the ball ever gets there. Or if you can set it up for the converse way where you get them used to that slow pitch and then you can bring that fastball in there, but your body still looks the same. Like you're not making any special strains or tails. It's almost like playing cards. I would like to. It is a big bluff I've never heard anybody, a professional ball player, ever describe it that way, though. Maybe they're not. Maybe they don't even know that's what they're doing. Interesting body language. <clears throat> that we'll, is real interesting. We'll need to bring a coach on and have an interview about how that works. Some, yeah, that would be I'd like to talk to. Well, or maybe yeah, a good like a coach, coach. Like I don't know, someone that, that knows know. what you're talking about, right? Not like a pee wee league. <laughs> I have noticed something called chronostasis. Um, it's like if you see a second is that a time hand standing moving. still. Yes, I notice it all the time about things, and I've always wondered what it was and what it was called. Like if you're watching a clock, most of the clocks I have seen in my life, the second hand just moves every second. But there were a few that I thought were really neat that move real smooth, like a Rolex. It just never mm-hmm. stops. Um, <clears throat> the instant I look at it, it seems like it's not moving, and then it starts moving. And they call that oh, chronostasis. Okay. So you're just like literally stopped in that moment. Yeah, as soon as I look at it, it's like it freezes in time. And then it, uh, when you initially look at it, then it starts moving again. It's like, that's weird. Why does it do that? Because it never really stops. It's just you're, you think it stops. Um, has some kind of te- some kind of temporal thing in your mind um, that keeps it all. I don't know if that has something to do it's with that, the almost that frames per second kind of thing that's really happening. 
you just I saw something that about one. that too, like TV frames per second. They they can be they don't even have to be in order as long as they are done fast enough. Your brain will put it in order. Um, uh, Fascinating. Will put it in order for you, kind of like you don't have to read a whole sentence to know. Um, what the sentence is saying. And that brought up some other things that we talked about before about how we read. And yes. I think maybe, um, we kind maybe of talked I, about that in inner voice. We were touching on that. Yeah. Maybe I stated that a little incorrectly. Maybe I understand a little more what you were mean, but that made me think maybe that's what's going on. Like I do read a whole sentence before I know what it means. Just like when you learn a new language, like mm-hmm. all languages, verbs and actions and indirect objects and all those things mm-hmm. are in different places. Um, so just how funny how your mind, no matter where you are, no matter what kind of language you know or what kind of person you are, puts those things together to where you can understand it. It reconstructs them. I thought that was really interesting. And something else we've talked about before. Um, uh, I cannot stand bad audio at all. Like I can't stand it. Um, and that's been to the, I don't know if chagrin's the right word, but you have that's been a nightmare for editing. Um, I can't stand it worse than visual cues. Like I'll watch a bad picture or look at fuzzy photographs before I will listen to a crappy recording. And I read somewhere in here, um, where's it at? We will touch off and uh, I want to do a uh, show on uh, misophonia, which I this consider good, to uh, suffer from. <laughs> this will be a good lead into it. Um, I'm finding the, what it said. Cause I highlighted that and kept it. It says, <clears throat> this is just about the paration, the parade. That was a new word. The perception of a duration. So the perception of a duration requires a minimum of about 0.1 seconds in the case of visual stimuli. So 0.1 seconds. So a tenth of a second. Right. um, Such as a flash or whatever. But it's much less 0.01 to 0.02 seconds in the case of auditory stimuli. So. You can react quicker to things you hear. Yes. Yes. So that's, that's basically what it's telling me. Like it, your perception of a duration um, of time on a visual, like just your perception of it, I guess you can, uh, I don't know if you can Do react you that's faster because to, it's simpler, just vibrations maybe. and bones and straight into yeah, that part of the maybe. brain versus all you're taking in Visuals, so a much bunch data. Of stuff. It's, right. Yeah. Color, depth, contrast, right. shadows, Movement. you know, where a sound is just, no, their sound is complex. I mean, I do right. like audio, um, file stuff, but I think, yeah, in general, I mean, no, that makes sense. If you look like at you've a, edited a, now, you've file. edited, yeah, you've edited um, podcasts, and I've edited video, you know, and there was a lot more data to edit oh, on yes. video than, you know, and it took a lot more beefy machine to do that video than it does audio. Correct. So, I mean, that makes sense. But, I mean, that people are like, well, you're comparing yourself to a machine. Well, I mean, you know, that's all I know. That's, all the, I know, that's man. the best analogy we've got. <laughs> that's all I know. Anything else interesting? Uh, I've ran across a bunch of stuff about internal clocks and uh, yes. biological clocks and you circadian rhythms. I don't know if we want to talk about clock, that or you? not. Don't yeah, mine's pretty a good. good sense of time. Yeah, I don't know if I had to learn to be have a good sense of time. Um, I think I probably did. I had a somewhat of a strict upbringing. Like I had to be home at a certain time, and um, I wasn't allowed to do a lot of things that the other kids were allowed to do for for good reason. Like we lived near the lake. We didn't live on the lake. We just lived near it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to go down to the lake. And I was always that supposed to be within earshot. Go. I was supposed to be within earshot of the house. And 
that was the rule. So I had to know about what time it was. I don't know why I didn't, didn't just get a watch. I mean, I guess that would have <laughs> solved everything. I had to figure out, like, I know my dad's going to be home in a certain amount of time. So it was always weighing on me. Like, I have to be, I cannot be riding down the road. Although I did get caught a couple of times and you know, I tried to hide and that didn't work out. I have to be home where he can, you know, I can hear him. If he yells um, for me to come home, if I'm down here at the lake or he sees me at the lake, it's death. It's the end of it's the end of the bicycle for at least two weeks. Mm. And this that's just one example and of, of many. Like I just had to learn how to do how to how to figure that out. I think you you that had that life experience. So I'm not taking that away, obviously. But I from my experience of life, there are people who are born with this element of just like direction. We've talked about that before, or at least me and you have, there are people who have good and or better sense of direction and they always know where North is or this relative to that. I think there are also people who have a really good sense of time. And there's some examples I can think of that are terrible organizational people. So it, it, it's kind of, I think it's a separate thing. That's kind of like you're born with like the ability to draw or do this or do that. It's some little extra thing that you're born with. Cause that's one example I'm thinking of. He's not organized in life whatsoever, but had an impeccable sense of what time. I don't know that he would necessarily always get it down to the minute, but he was within 20 minutes of, of just any random time of what time of day it was. That's pretty good. I, I find it easier to do in the summertime, if I'm outside a lot, you kind of get a sense for the day of dawn to dusk kind of thing. And when I used to do a lot more hunting and fishing, I definitely had a good sense of time based on light. And I, I wouldn't always necessarily know from the beginning of, say, spring and early summer to the end of summer. I wouldn't always necessarily know within maybe a 30 minute window of the time because the time is different for sunset, you know, throughout those seasons. But I did know this, I could tell based on where the, you know, angle of the sun is in the sky. I got about an hour and a half more to go when I'm going to be in the dark. And I, I got a pretty good idea about how much distance that is on the horizon. But, translate that to time of day and eh, there's a little bit of fudge room in there that would get you in trouble if it involved going to work or something but um in general sense i was in the ballpark yeah i have to use that skill when we're out on the river kayaking um my friends know that i'm good at that so they seem to have more of a enjoy yeah just fishing or goofing off whereas i'm like we need to get moving we need to get moving yeah you don't have any headlights thing, out there you can even part. if you do the fog coming up it's not like being on the lake the fog and everything coming up on the lake is one thing, but in the river, when you have bends and rapids and trees and snags and whatever, you cannot be out there. In the or, dark. or just Even on a lots. trail. Like if you said, yeah, oh, trail we're going to go hike too. in the afternoon. Uh, I saw the other day a friend of mine on uh, one of the social Easy media Easy to lose forms. trail sometimes. He uh, went hiking in the afternoon with a friend, but, you know, here we are in sort of spring, well, spring time of the year, and he didn't allow himself enough time, so he navigated it back. He's on a trail, but he still had to kind of light the trail, so to speak, with, uh, I think, a cell phone light or lighter or whatever they had with them. Oh, so he had no lights? Nope. Because he was just thinking it was a single digit mileage, maybe five or six mile hike. And then this goes back to into our whole topic is the God, perception of time and what you're doing. Like if you go to a waterfall or you go to something scenic and next thing you know, if you're not very diligent about this much time in, this much time out, next thing you know, you're coming back in the dark. And I mean, he made it out fine, but um, it, it, you really can lose track of time based on what you're doing. Fun, work, something difficult, something hard. It stretches and pushes whichever way that may be. And we even count into that seems counterintuitive for some things, but your idea of time is just not accurate all of the time. 
as good as we may be of the sense of the day, <laughs> depending on what you're involved in. Now, oh, yeah. if you get normalized at uh, your fishing outings, then you probably have an idea based on this much, you know, fun I'm having on these random trips. It's about this perception of time. But I bet if you had a really weird day, it would throw off your ability to guess it. Although you have the sun, so that's kind of a cheater being outside. Right. Well, I always, yeah, if you didn't have watches and phones and stuff, yeah, for sure. I did read somewhere that it said um, tests have shown that people who are under hypnosis can judge time a lot more accurately than when they're not like under hypnosis. The same person like hmm. can judge it more. I guess you that think has it's because with... it, it cuts off all the weird extra signals yes. and they're able to be more focused. Yeah. yeah, they're not getting the extra stimuli. So it's just their ability to whatever. No, I don't know. I mean, I can, I can judge time well, like we're talking about, but not like in, I don't know if I could sit here and say, okay, a minute's passed or two minutes, but I can be like, eh, it's been about 10 or 15 minutes or it's been about 30 or 45 or it's been mm-hmm. about an hour. And then I can't say, I can't sit and wait and say, okay, you got to sit here and you got to say when two hours is up, but all you can do is sit here and look at this beige wall. I couldn't do that, but I can like look and like say, okay, it's been about an hour, you know, and look and see how close I am to an hour. And then I'll restart and be like, okay, in about another hour, I'll be able to tell when it's been about another hour. Your internal timer goes off. Something. Yeah. Something like that. I can just usually tell like, cause in the summertime, you know, I like to do those things, all mm-hmm. my outings. And then I also like to um, cook a lot of food, which I do a lot of barbecue, which is low and slow in the smoker. So I kind of just have, I had the general idea of how long it's been. I'm always looking at the clock. Like I'll go, I'll look, eh, it's been about two hours. Let me look and see my timer. Yeah, it's been about an hour and 50 minutes. That's about right. Um, so I'm always kind of aware of it. I'm always peeking over at it. And I'm, I'm usually about right when I think I'm doing that. But if I had to sit and just stare at a wall, or or if I'm like watching a video or watching an episode or two, I can kind of be like, well, it's been about 30 minutes. Look, and it's been 25, 35 minutes. I'm like, yeah, okay. you know. But I couldn't just sit and stare at a blank wall or in one of those... um. What is it that Joe Rogan sits in those tanks that you? Oh yes, uh, sensory deprivation. Deprivation. I couldn't sit in one of those and tell you time. But they say that when you get in one of those, um, instead of elongating time, it seems to shorten it. Like you could be in there for five hours or something, but you only thought you were in there for twenty one minutes. Hour. Oh wow, yeah, which is which is uh, crazy to me. Since I could be the other way around. Well, it's definitely going to kind of lean into that hypnosis thing because if I remember the way they do it right, one, you're floating in a tank, you're in the dark. You To do it properly, I've heard him describe it, you're not touching anything. You're not touching the bottom. Against, the you're floating, you're not touching yeah. the walls. If it Sensory does, deprivation. It's kind of like a meditation. Is, is right. The way it yeah. sounds all the way I'd love to it. do it. I'd love to do it. I'm not sure if I could handle that or not. My <laughs> claustrophobia may take over. I would. I love the idea of it. Because I think it sounds real interesting to experience. But um, have you ever had an MRI? Yes. Did that uh, little tube make you feel uncomfortable? Yeah. Well, I'm a large guy, so yeah, it was it was tough to shoehorn me in there. I mean, I, I can it, imagine. I it was. Well, I, don't know. I was not I felt, looking forward I to. I felt it. trapped in it myself. I thought that it was going to seem like it was going to take forever. <laughs> and it did for me. <laughs> And if I wouldn't have, I think if I would have grown up in the screen age, I might have lost my mind in there. But I think I had to do it for like 40 minutes or something. And when they yeah, were done, 40 minutes right. was up. I was like, I was like, well, that didn't, that wasn't that long. And I wonder if that was almost like sensory deprivation. I, I've experienced 
maybe three or four, maybe even five of those. And I, I don't enjoy tight spaces, so it seemed as long as it was. I The only thing, closest thing I have done to the sensory deprivation, I don't know what it has to do with time perception, but one night, <clears throat> it was one of the darkest nights for some reason, whatever reason, in the sky. Um, we turned all the power off and happened to get lucky, and all the neighbors in the subdivision had their their power off as well, or their lights off outside, not like you know actually right. turn their power off. We and I have a swimming pool, and we turned the lights to the pool off and the, all the deck lights. Everything was off, so it was pitch black, and all you could see was the sky. And so I laid in the water um, mm. with my that ears was a underwater. Weird feeling. It was it was extremely. After a few minutes, I kept my eyes open. Disorienting. Um, my, my ears were underwater. And so all I could see was the black sky and the stars, and it was a crystal clear night. Mm-hmm. After a while, it felt like I was floating in space. Like I would have to every mm-hmm. now and then kind of like like move my eyes to the side and remember I was in the pool. And I was like, that was wild. I can imagine people doing drugs and like getting in those sensory deprivation tanks and going on trips. I, I, I have experienced a similar thing just way in the middle of nowhere, usually involved a early deer hunting outing. And if you get far enough away from any civilization, you don't have all that bleed over from the city lights and everything. And on a new moon, when there's all you have is the black of night and the stars, and you just kind of stare at it, you kind of lose your sense of where you're at. I don't necessarily say you lose your balance necessarily, but I could see if I was swimming or in a pool, it would feel even more like I was floating. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have uh, things going on to create that three-dimensional space that you're in, it was hard not to have sound out there because there's all kinds of different creatures and sounds in the mm-hmm. night. But anytime, especially if you walk from one point to another, because all nature wants to be quiet and listen to you. Like, who is that? Is that a predator? So definitely after going from one place to another, you could have a few moments of like, seem like pure silence where your ears are ringing and then you kind of stare off into that black abyss with just the stars. It, it was a weird sensation. And then as the noises started coming back around, you kind of got a feeling of, you know, your own three-dimensional space at that point. Speaking of, <coughs> I had, maybe it was a, I think it was a Joe Rogan podcast I was listening to. He said that if you're riding a bike, like through the woods or something, you'll see more wildlife because the if you're out in the middle of nowhere, they don't associate the sound of a bicycle as a, another animal. They don't know what it is, um, right. so they're they don't you know it's not a human coming to kill them. And there's no um, tread. There's no thump 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 thump. Right, it's the like dark animals, hiking. The, right, yeah, the tempo of it, like it doesn't sound like another animal. It's just constant. Like they're like, what is that? And they don't. They'll kind of just. They're curious and they'll look and see. You see a lot more animals that way. And I will tell you, you are walking. what you already know, and that is snakes do not have ears, ears <laughs> which means you can't yell at them. And when you mountain bike in an area at a time of year when snakes are out and about, you can yell all you want. They will not hear you. Do they really the, not perceive sound at all? Vibration. Whereas if you were hiking or running, more than likely they'll get that sense and move out of the way. Um, ah, but a bicycle is going to just be exactly. constant. Exactly. So kind there's like, a place where I often trail well, that's run. That's why run over them in the road a lot. Well, yeah, that and speed. Even if they do have a perception of, oh, what? And, you know, it's too late. They're flat kind of yeah. thing. Um, but th- I remember this one time, it was just a black snake, so nothing dangerous. But still, to me, uh, and I don't have a crazy phobia of snakes, just that general shock factor that you get, especially when you're within, say, four feet of one. Mm-hmm. I was riding along this trail and I saw it stick its head out on the trail and I was close enough at that point. I sure didn't want to grab the brakes and come to a stop. 
because I didn't want to be stopped near the snake. So I just, all this sort of made these, you know, thoughts in just a flash of a moment. I'd continue on and I see it's coming across. I'm like, oh, I really don't want to run over this thing and have it get all twisted up in the spokes. And mm-hmm. then who knows where it's going to be when I wreck. So mm-hmm. I did this sort of last second bunny hop screech, like a little girl thing that I'm sure was entertaining <laughs> to anybody around. But I remember just thinking, and I'm yelling the whole time. And then and when I stop and gather myself, I'm like, I could yell all day. <laughs> this guy's not going to hear me. Well, have you yelled long enough or how loud enough to vibrate the ground? I don't maybe, know. maybe. But uh-huh. um, that that's, yeah, goes right along with what he's saying about the wildlife. They... Because it's pretty quiet, depending on what you're doing. I mean, you do have that sort of clicking of the free wheel, but it's not that typical sound that things with legs make. I'm not one of these people who are a huge phobia of snakes. Kind of, that kind of, I think phobias in general are, are strange and somewhat irritating. But I'm the other way, the the idiot that like wants to like poke them and prod them. When I, like, I am scared. Like when I, anything you see that you're not expecting um, if it can be a threat is shocking scare, and scary. Like if I saw one, yeah, if it like popped up, like, Ooh, snake. And um, I'd be like, okay, is that a copperhead? Is that a cotton right. mouth? Is that gonna, is that a rattler? Is it going to get me? I mean, then I realize it's not because those are the only three we have. And basically in the South that can get you. I'm like, Ooh, it's a snake. And everybody's like, Ooh, stay away from it. And I want to like poke it and prod it and annoy it. But I mean, I don't, but I do like to kind of follow it and see where it goes and what it's doing. And I've always like, been interested in them. And it's just that the, the j- locomotion jump scare is just crazy. that gets me. If I yeah. see them from a distance, it doesn't have quite, uh, my heart rate will still increase, but I'm in kind of control of what's going on. I don't, I don't feel like, oh, I've got to leave the scene, but it is exciting to me, I guess. I see them a lot kayaking and it's weird. I guess it's evolution. A lot of the ones that are not harmful, that are not venomous, look like the venomous ones. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, moths when they look like bees. Like you think it's a bee, so you stay away from it. So these look like copperheads. You know, they you leave them alone um, or cotton mouth. Or unfortunately yeah. for other way of looking at for modern time or humans with weapons, there's probably a lot of senseless snake killings yeah, oh, <laughs> because is. they're killing It's non- illegal in a lot non-venous. of snakes, a lot of states to kill them. I see these people on these things. Like, Only good snakes are dead snake. Right. Oh and rat infestations. Yeah. yeah. I hope you like the plague because that's how you get the plague. <laughs> so what, what's a good um, take-home angle? We always like to wrap things up with that. I've got, say, five points that I pulled out of one article about time. And we, we've alluded to one important thing, I think, throughout this, and that is your life is a set amount of time. And what you do with it, just think about, you know, I set an hour on fire. I really killed time today or whatever that is. Like, well, if that's what you need going back to the, you know, your downtime and all that, that's great. And I think that's totally appropriate, but I just try to be more mindful of my time and I don't want to be a busy body with the schedule, but at the same time, I feel guilty if I don't have a little bit of structure. I think you have to have common ground. You have to be somewhere in the middle on that. The biggest thing, you know, you can live your life however you want. Just like you said, remember it's finite. And if, All of us have to kill time. Like if you're doing something you don't want to enjoy. And if you do find yourself in that circumstance where you are trying to kill time, I always try to kill it in a way that's productive or at least enjoyable rather than sitting there and just, you know, look at what the Kardashians are doing. I try to like look for things that are interesting or stay up to date on certain topics. No, like I just have no interest in stuff like that. Uh, I don't either. I don't shame anybody that does, but that is of zero interest to me because I... I can make, as you say, there's no production associated with that. It doesn't entertain right, just, me at all. Uh, doesn't do, I mean, I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather read about 
I don't know, GM's new, something new. new LT engine versus their old LS. I mean, I would rather do something like that. Or, you know, what's the latest thing they've found about the orbit of Neptune rather than, you know, read about stuff like that. But if you find yourself where you have to do it, I just try to do something that's productive. Or And if that is entertaining to you and it does somehow change your life, because I do have friends on social media who the Super Bowl to them is the award shows and, mm. you know... I can't wait to hear what Cardi B, whoever the heck that is, has something to say or all that stuff. And I mean, more power to you. Just rather than sit there and being bored and looking around, like oftentimes I can find stuff to be productive, like to get done. Um, so you don't have to do it when you're busy. Right. But I just try to, I just try to be productive. And that way it's two, you're killing two, two birds with one stone. You've, you've done more, you've gotten more done. You feel better and more productive and more positive when you leave. This is one article that uh, is the one that included a lot of the quotes from that neuroscientist Eagleman is actually wrote by Bell Beth Cooper at, at uh, Buffer.com. And I would agree with most of these five points of how to uh, make your day last longer. And now, you know, we got into that sometimes you feel like you're an eternity in a waiting room or a situation like a, a medical and you're waiting for a diagnosis or whatever. I'm not referring to that necessarily, but just in the enrichment of your life. And you've basically said some of this stuff already. And that is one, keep learning two, visit new places, three, meet new people four, try new activities. And lastly, five, be spontaneous. I would say if you can find ways to incorporate just part of that in your life somewhat regularly, it will kind of stretch out your existence in a positive way and and not in the sense of just experiencing time for the sake of experiencing time. I don't know that in itself brings a whole lot of value to your life. I'm thinking more about the things that add value or as you were saying about production and getting things done, um, whether it's five minutes or five hours. Absolutely. I mean, if it's going to be a bummer to you that you've wasted all that time, then change it, do something productive. I'll usually have something I can find. To do it and like the being spontaneous, that is me in a nutshell. Like I can, if the weather's right, I can hop on that motorcycle or, you know, whatever. Or just, you know, strap the dog up in his harness and take him for a walk around or, you know, put him in the truck and drive around and just, just experience something rather than sit there and looking at your phone and complaining about your bored. Well, make yourself unbored. Go, go, go experience life. You only got one of them. I wouldn't we'll say it's it. a fear of yours, just on observation, but I would say it's sort of a bee in your bonnet, and you've said it in a lot of ways without ever meaning to say it, and that is kind of in preference and taste. You alluded to the people who are narrow or closed or not open to new experiences in food or music or whatever that you're missing out, and you have an element of not wanting to miss things, yeah. experience well, life, want to and, experience it all, and uh, reading about somebody else's life. Unless you're really learning something from that, it's probably not much of an experience at all. I mean, it could be. There are certain autobiographies and th- or biographies that are fascinating to me. Most of my f- books that I enjoy are nonfiction. But some of that's okay. Like I watch some people like that live on sailboats and sail around the world. Like I don't know if I'll ever do that or if I'll ever want to do it, but it's still interesting. So sometimes I'll I'll watch that. But I can only sit and watch so much YouTube before. I want to go have a real experience, right. you know, living um, vicariously through YouTube is, I mean, that's okay Only for so a little bit, but if that's your entire life, I mean, if you can do something about it, I know there are people who, who have anxiety and they can't leave their home or whatever. So maybe that is their life is living vicariously for those people. I mean, you know, don't listen to this, do what you got to do, but if you can, I mean, 
be glad that you're not one of those people and get out and do it. Do something. And, and you may not be able to go anywhere because of whatever constraints about yourself, person or situation in life. But the first one being some, learn something new. I, I, there's nothing that tickles me more, I think, than actually learning something new. Now, that's not always in the moment the greatest thing. <laughs> um, submitting a podcast to Apple, for example, is a learning <laughs> curve in and of itself. But after it's all said and done, it feels like a good work. It's not bothering me at all. Ah, yeah. I did. I do not hint. I did not pick up any hints of friction there at all. But <laughs> learning something new, I don't know. That's really on the top list for me. I love experiencing new places as well. I'm not going to say it once any more than another. It just depends on what those exact things are. But yeah, or you know, like I mean, if you're bored and you can't pass time, well, go go somewhere you've been to before. Like I'll go revisit state parks that I didn't necessarily care to go and to see what's changed and what's different and there may not be nothing there but get out of the car and walk to the who knows walk over to the trail and see maybe there's some kind of little bird you've never seen or maybe there's a a snake that won't bite and kill you or maybe there's a fish in the water you can throw a rock at i mean i don't know it falls into the being spontaneous part (laughs) right just go do it meeting new people is that high on your list um yeah i like meeting new people i like I'm, i'm not as into it as I was when I was younger, like when I say I'm younger, the, I mean I'm like the reverse of that. I was not into it and have grown to be way more into that as I well, age. I was going to say I wasn't into it until I started getting into it into high school. Cause I used to be so anxious in middle school, meeting new people did not like doing it. Cause people were mean pieces mm-hmm. of crap. And then high school, you know, people matured a little bit and I was like, Oh, who are we going to meet this year? Who are the incoming freshmen? You know? And then college, it was all about meeting new people constantly. And then in the workforce, it's kind of went down a little bit. Because I feel like in college you were kind of secluded. Like, you're like you're in college, like wow, look how because you're you don't realize it at the time, but you're in a box. Like you're right. you're around sim- at least somewhat terrarium. similar type people. Yeah, they're there to learn. They're there to you know they're they're moving forward with their life. They're trying to create a career. You're like wow, this is how real life is. And you're like yeah, I can't wait to meet somebody else. And you're like oh yeah, and you just keep meeting new people, and it's great and great and great. Then you get out in the workforce, and you're like yeah, let's meet this new person, and that person sucks. And then the next person sucks. You're like, wait a minute. Do you, do you think changed? that was the case for them when they were in college? You think well, some of these people, I don't know if they ever went. With being in the real world. Uh, well, the, college my is sort point of was, a weird terrarium where you're not really responsible for being alive, but you are. You know, it's a sort of a weird disconnect. I think yeah, that's why some people get Definitely lost depends in on it. the individual, but yeah. It was a fun time. I mean, don't I don't miss the financial struggles of it, but I do miss the meeting the new people and new experiences and... I mean, it didn't seem like, I remember sitting down and thinking, God, I've got to get from here to there and by my senior year. And now looking back, I was like, God, I do that a million times over. Yep. Get in again. It seemed like it took forever when you were there. But now, you know, you look at it fondly, it didn't last long enough. I bet, I bet if you did it again now, it would go by faster. Yeah, but you would, the caveat would be, are you going to go back as the person you are now? Because then you would be doing it differently. You would be doing it to learn things better. Like my best friend, he, um, he partied a lot more in school. I mean, we all did, but he he really, now that he's older, he's really interested in learning and expanding his horizons and, you know, getting into things that he was not into. And I'm like, oh, you should have taken some of these classes with me. He's like, man, if I had to do it over again, you know, I'd have taken it a lot more seriously. I'm like, oh, that's a shame. It seems at least to be a common thread it. of a lot of folks. Yeah. I mean, that's true to me for a certain extent. Like, you had, in front of you, I mean, once you got to so many hours, I know the university system I went to, once you got to so many hours, it was free. You could take up to as many as you wanted. Now, you know, if you took too much, it would be difficult and you might fail. Right. 
but sometimes I wish I would have taken maybe one more class. Although, I mean, I remember the time thinking, God, I wish I could drop one of these classes. Um, but yeah, I remember my um, professor in grad school, he was like, you'll never have this time again um, yep. to be here and just to learn, like to sit down and, and take it all in. You'll wish you did. And all of us are like, yeah, right. I can't wait till this is over. But now I understand what he means. It's a funny little thing about life. You always want something else. It seems almost opposite like. what you are. It's may not necessarily always opposite, but at that point, all I wanted to be is where I'm at now. And I'm not going to say I want to be back there because that's not true. I mean, I've got kids and a wife now, and I don't, I don't even want to think about going through undergrad with a wife and kids. That was that would be insane. I went through professional school with a wife and. That was uh, that was not wise on mine or her part because that creates an undue stress that if anybody goes to any kind of graduate school, you're basically married to the school, probably, depending yep. on the degree of what it is you're doing, at least to do it properly, I think. And I, yep. I'm, I shortchanged her everything you know, is, the first three years of marriage because I was married to school. Because everything is tied together. It's not just about going to school and learning. Like the social events are tied to your success later on because you make all kinds of connections through those things. So you really kind of have to do everything and it's, it's tough. I only knew a few people who were married in, in grad school. I knew one that was crazy enough married and had a child. Well, actually there was a handful in our class, but uh, some that had a child that they raised through most of, if not the entire time. Um, knew a single mom and, and she didn't have a husband, but she had a kid. I watched him for her a couple of times. Well, but now, once uh, my had them, I uh, look back on those people who went through those kind of schools with children and think, I don't know how you made Mm-mm. it God, without me sleep, either. for sure. I, I, I didn't through. sleep a lot as it was. <laughs> I know it. Yeah, Lee. And the kid's normal. Wow. That's incredible. Well, you got any more to add to our time continuum? No, other than I uh, hope this podcast went by faster. People listening because they enjoyed it. Yeah. Recordings went by fast. It, it it has been enjoyable. Oh, I, it's yeah, something I that we could turn into a lot more because there's so many ways. We haven't even touched Newtonian versus um, right, Einsteinium, all, yeah. all that, the relativity versus the more classical physics and all that. And that's beyond my pay grade. I might let you lead that one one point in time because that gets really head bendy. It's super interesting to me, but I mean, I can only go so far with it. Thinking of time, let me check my little hope. Is your uh, smoker ready? We're up to 185. I like to hit 200 on my on my shoulders before I pull them off. So it's been going, it's going about seven hours. So it's right on time for an hour per pound. I usually do an hour per pound and it seems like it's another hour after that. So getting close, but I probably do need to add some fuel to that fire. So I'll okay. let you end it. And until next time. All right. Take care. We'll see you in the next time. Alrighty. Seen a bunch of run-down new horse towns Where the church is the backbone, loves and the plow And the five-string melodies grooving